Welcome to The Benefits Beat, the podcast that helps you navigate the complex world of benefits. Together, we're going to dive deep into the industry, breaking down the barriers and exploring different topics surrounding benefits. We'll be bringing in subject matter experts who will share their knowledge, offering tips and tricks to help you understand, and more importantly, benefit from your benefits. Whether it's health insurance, dental, vision, disability, or other total rewards you're offered, we've got you covered. Our aim is to empower you with the knowledge and understanding you need to make informed decisions. So join your hosts, Maggie and Zach, every two weeks as we explain the nuances, all in an effort to make it easier for you to navigate the world of benefits. Hi, I'm Maggie McConnell. And I'm Zach Ward, and we're your hosts of Hub Haran's Employee Benefits Podcast, The Benefits Beat. Today we have Val here. She's going to be talking about really student health in general and some things to be aware of as your child goes off college. And Val is also the president of Hub Haran, so thanks for joining us today, Val. Great. I'm happy to be here. So let's start off with the easy question. You have college-age kids, which is why you're here. So can you tell us about them? Where do they go? What are they studying? How old are they? Yes, so I have a daughter who is 23, my daughter Taylor, and she has actually graduated. She graduated a year ago, and she went to Harvard. And I have a son, Kyle, who is 21, a rising junior, and he is at Boston College. Awesome. Um, Obviously, you have a lot of experience in the insurance industry, but... Are your kids on your plan? Did they end up taking the student option? Tell us a little bit about kind of how you navigated that and what their what their ultimate choice was. Yeah, so we chose to keep them on our family plan through Hub Haran, and we did look at the options. So what I thought was um, a good part of it was it's on the bursar's bill. So when you get the uh, whatever quarterly or semi-annual bill, it's listed right there. Um, So we had the option to look at pricing, look at what we wanted to do because I have two children and they both needed insurance. Financially, it made more sense to put them on our plan, even with the premium that we're paying as a family versus I would be paying as a single or my husband would be paying his employer. It made more sense. And to kind, of, to kind of back up a little bit, I, I don't think a lot of people are aware of this, that some schools do offer a student health insurance option. Um, do both of your kids have the choice to go through Harvard or Boston College, or was it not something that was really advertised? Actually, it was the opposite. It was auto-enroll. So okay. they were auto-enrolled. It's on the bill. And if you chose not to take it, you had to submit proof of insurance somewhere else. So I think in many instances, it's a really good deal. Because I had two in college at the same time, it did not make sense for us, again, to move off the family plan and move to single plans. Um, But it was far more economical than anyone would get on an individual policy. I mean, we're talking, you know, uh, a cost of about $3,500, $3,000, around there a year. It can be even lower um, versus what an individual plan would cost, you know, even through an employer with their contributions. Gotcha. And then, again, we've talked about it, right? You have a lot of insurance industry experience. When they went off to school, what was your plan of approach? It's typically a lot of the first times that students are responsible for their own health, right, have to find their own care where you're not doing it for them. Um, What was your cadence, so to speak, on kind of educating them as they went away to say, hey, this is what you need to know? Mm -hmm. Okay, so parents, you should be terrified. Your kids have no idea what to do. None. 
So we um, have kindly taken care of them and managed that, and you don't even realize you did. So here's what I would do better in hindsight. I did it more for my son than my daughter because I had some years. They will get sick sometime in the first month. So sore throat, you know, some sort of flu. It's just everyone's in dorms together and, and all of that. So I would do a couple things. One, they actually have to know that they have an insurance card. <laughs> as simple as it sounds, they don't know it. So copies of it on their phone. I also made them register on whatever the carrier's website was because that also, and showed them, here's how you get your insurance card. You Silly things like you actually need to put our home address as the billing address if you have to go to a provider because when you get the balance bill, it has to come to us because it will affect your credit rating. We chased bills down freshman year for months because they didn't do that. The third thing I made them do is sign up for virtual uh, programming. Almost every carrier has it. And I said, when you get sick, it costs a minimal amount. You put the credit card down and you get your appointment right there virtually. They are so comfortable with it. And then it's right there. They can prescribe. The other thing when you do that is they have to figure out a pharmacy near them whether it's going to be the school pharmacy that accepts prescriptions, whether it's the CVS or Walgreens right near their campus, all of those things, I promise you, when they're sick and trying to do it and you're long distance, it's extremely stressful. Get that all done. Even though, as my kids say to me, you're mummifying it. I'm like, yes, I am mummifying it. I'm a mum. So there. <laughs> so I would say all of those pieces are really important. I did not worry about we're on a high deductible health plan. I did not worry about HSA, paying for it with the card. I made them learn to keep receipts, take a picture on your phone, send it to me, so then I would go and do the reimbursement for my HSA card. I know that's a lot of insurance geekiness, <laughs> but that would be my checklist. Well, that's a good checklist. I don't think most parents know to do that, but, I mean, we have the hindsight we're in the insurance industry, which makes it significantly easier for us to be able to tell people, because I'm thinking about when I was in college – I had my ID card, and I did take a photo of each side just in case something were ever to happen, but I didn't, we didn't have the telehealth. We, you know, we didn't sign, I didn't have the access to the apps, which would have made life significantly easier, but I think we all are more comfortable with the telehealth world, especially recently. So Absolutely. You know, Maggie, the other thing I'd say on that is a lot of universities have an associated um, health service, and it is a revenue part of their business. And if you look closely on your bill, you're probably paying for it. Mm -hmm. So I would say I was paying between $400 and $600 a semester whether I liked it or not. And I even fought them during COVID because I said, how could I be paying for something I'm not ge physically near and I still had to pay it? So that was my other counsel to my kids is typically those services will be free. So that is mm -hmm. also another avenue and they need to know where that health service is, especially if you're covering it and you're paying for it. One of the things that I love about just understanding insurance in general for college-age students is a lot of people don't realize that's a majority of the reason why people drop out of school or, or are failing in school and, and having issues is a lot of times their health, right? They've, they've got something going on. Maybe they missed some classes, and they just don't know where to go. They don't know how to get better. Mm -hmm. So instead, they, they fall behind in classes and Ultimately, a lot of times it ends up in them dropping out of classes. I, I think you're right. Um, 
I personally experienced my son got, I get a little like uh, verklempt on this. My son got long-term COVID freshman year and it was really hard. And it's really hard to be a flight away from your child when they're going through that. Again, in hindsight, some of the things I would have done differently instead of just panicking and crying about it would have been, one, I would have called my EAP program. I can't believe I'm in this business, and I did not do that. I called relatives. I called friends in Boston. I called all crews, but I never thought, I'm going to call EAP and get a provider because we didn't know it was long-term COVID at the time. So that would be one. I would also tell you, um, and it's just where we are, but your kids will have some level of mental well-being downfalls while they're in college. And they will have, maybe it's anxiety, maybe it's stress-related, maybe it's depression, maybe it's other things, but that is going to happen. And in my experiences, I, I was underwhelmed by the school's responses to it. I just was. And it's too bad. And they talk it, and it's all in all the pamphlets, and go to your dean and do this, and blah, blah, blah. I was underwhelmed. And so I would tell you that this generation going through college is very comfortable saying, I'm going online, and I'm talking to someone about my stress. And finding out if any of those are covered within or, again, using your EAP because they're usually short-term problems. These are not typically long-term. I would highly encourage people to understand that. So I wish I had thought, as I'm in the industry, to use that first. I think the first uh, – I think the school didn't – they don't know what to do with individuals when they have major problems. But if you go to the school and say, we have this problem, they're very responsive. They just don't, they're not good at the identify and try to fix it. They're there to what I call, and the word they use, is accommodate for it. So once we realized my son had long-term COVID, that involves chronic fatigue. It involves um, not being able to do three papers and not have sleep in a 24-hour period kind of Mm -hmm. things. So... We had a physician, we had, he had to go forward and do it because he's an adult and he went forward and got what we call accommodations, which were very helpful. And they weren't crazy accommodations, but there were things like he could never have two exams on a day and a professor had to compromise on it. He could not have a paper and an exam due in the same day. So all of those pieces were really important. I wouldn't say, uh, we only had to use them maybe once or twice during exam period. Mm But the relief it gave my son was huge. Just the mental relief of that stress of that piece. And the schools are magnif- like just magnificent during that, that moment when you're asking for help. Um, I'd say the other aha I had is your kids turn officially as adults at 18, whether you believe it <laughs> or not. Um, they get to vote, and you have no access to their medical records without their stated written permission. And so we had to remind my son during that time period that he had to sign off on that. We did do a lot of uh, calls with doctors where we were involved in the phone call and made sure that was happening while he was live. We were on the phone. And so it, it it's one of those really direct conversations you have to have with your child that it's important to have a second ear in those meetings to digest what's going on and how it works. Yeah, well, it's a lot for them 
already happening physically to their body and you know you don't want to add the mental piece to have to okay well did the doctor say this or did he say this you need that backup to give yourself a little relief you kind of have to give yourself a little grace there and be like okay I'm not at my strongest I need I need the help and be able to be strong enough to ask for the help I think a lot of our younger generations are significantly better at some of us than asking for that help that they need I know I could have used a lot of those accommodations. I know I've mentioned in a previous episode I'm type 1 diabetic, and I just ran right through it. If I'm having a terrible diabetes day or week or whatever it is, I just ran right through it, and I was like, I'm going to be strong. I'm fighting through this. It's like, well, Maggie, is that actually being strong? Are you being a little weak, and you can't ask for help? So I think that is a really good reminder because I think a lot of us are – we need that reminder. We're not great at it. Yeah, Maggie, I think you're right. And the accommodations, it wasn't a daily occurrence. It mattered when it mattered. And you didn't want to be the one going to the professor saying, oh, well, you know, I had long-term COVID, and I really can't do this exam. Because (laughs) at that moment, the professor's like, yeah, uh uh-huh, you just didn't do your homework. Mm -hmm. So it allowed a very formal way that the, the professor could engage with my son, the student, to say, got it. No problem. Let's work a plan. Okay, Val. So to kind of backtrack, right, we've gone through some examples of how schools interact with with students during times of need, really. But you mentioned before that your kids are still on your insurance plan. They offered them through Boston College, through Harvard. What was the process like where you said, okay, obviously cost is a huge thing, comparing the plans. Walk me through what a parent should do if if they're evaluating what the best decision is for their kids, whether it's their own, their spouse's insurance, or what the school's offering. Yeah, I think it's um, looking at two things. I think it's looking at the pure cost outlay, and that's looking at your premium by tier, whether you're going to be a, a employee only, employee plus one, or if you're going to go to full family. Those are typically a lot of the tiers. What are those cost differences, um, and, and what's that contribution look like? Um, and so that's one. And then comparing that to the cost, I think it's also looking forward a little bit. So one you want to look forward is there, like we had multiple children. So at that point I knew staying on the family plan made more sense. My daughter is still on the family plan because of that age 26 rule, but she will come off soon. And as she comes off, that will probably be the moment financially it makes sense for my son to go on student insurance. I think the second is looking forward on what's your job situation. Are you going to stay on employer coverage? What does that look like for you? Is there an uh, imminent retirement? Are you changing jobs? What does that look like? So you're insured that you're also, while there'll be a qualifying event, that you're capturing those times of when's the appropriate time to get them on a plan. Yeah, and I know a, a lot of people, obviously, healthcare is expensive, right? And especially when you're looking at family coverage, you might be talking about six, $800 a month, whereas if you have an only child, for example, that's going to school for the first time, you may be able to save $600 a month if you were to just go to your employee plus spouse. I know my parents had a little bit of a different situation. My um, youngest sister went to the Marine Corps, but it's an option for her where she's getting alternative um insurance and my parents were literally able to save $600. I think it was per paycheck. So for somebody like my parents, that's a, a huge for anyone, cushion for, for, any, anyone. for anyone, right? Um, so it's really a matter of, okay, don't just hit the easy button of they're going to stay on my plan. They've used it for 10 years. Let's not even look at the student option. Really evaluate what plan is better and what cost makes sense. Absolutely. And the 
plans that are going through the universities, you know, we have our own campus health solutions at Hub Haran. They are using major national carriers like United Healthcare, Anthem, Aetna. So you're in solid, very reputable health plans in the student insurance. So again, for us, it was looking at the short-term cost, but also the longer-term plan of what made sense. Um, and for us today, it does not make sense to go on. That probably won't be the same next year. That's a good little segue too that I think sometimes people forget about is just networks in general. If you're with a Anthem or United Healthcare, you're probably okay. But in some instances, you may have a very strict network where your employer is specific to that area. And like as you, as you mentioned, if your kids are going off to Boston, that network may look a little bit different. So something to keep in mind that if you want your kid to have access to care, that's something you should look at ahead of time versus trying to react later on. Absolutely. I guess the only other tip I do is um, make sure you're ahead of the dentist and trying to get the appointments over Thanksgiving, Christmas, and spring bake, <laughs> and good luck. Better be very nice to your dentist because you have to have those appointments, <laughs> and you have to tell your kids there is no way you can break that appointment. <laughs> That's a great reminder. Okay, so Val, is there anything else you want to add? Yeah, so first of all, thank you. This has been super fun. I love passing on all the things I learned and maybe didn't do as well the first time around. I would tell you the last words of advice I remind you of. You think your kids are only going to go for their annual physical and maybe one other time. When they're in college, I promise you they are going to use their health plan more than you ever imagined. And it just is what it is. I don't know why, but it just is that age. And so be prepared, make sure you have all your things buttoned up, and you will be fine. Just a little more of a reason to educate them around how health insurance works in general, right? You don't want them to go and not get care because they don't know how to use it. No, and then the next time is when they get their first job, and you have to help them through that. <laughs> Starts all over again. Yep. <laughs> okay. Well, Val, thanks for your time. Thanks. This was awesome. Nothing we say in this podcast is representative of any specific plan and should not be considered as legal, regulatory, or accounting advice. If there are any discrepancies between what we say and your plan document, your plan document will prevail. If you have any questions about your benefits, please reach out to your HR representative. Thanks for tuning in today. Our suggestion box is always open, so if you have a question you would like us to answer or a topic you would like us to cover, send us a message on Instagram at The Benefits Feed. And remember to subscribe on your favorite listening app so you never miss an episode and be sure to follow us on social media for more benefit tips and tricks.